Welcome to the Flipping Finance Show, your source for financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and real estate investing. My name is Mario Cabral. I'm a financial advisor. I'm with my co-host, Daquan Carr, the hard money real estate agent. And we gonna talk about real estate finally. I yes, know y'all sir. been. I know y'all been waiting. Uh, you know, we had some a few other episodes uh, talking about mindset, talking about you know motivation. Uh, we spoke a little bit about life insurance, but you know now we we getting into real estate. I know that's a another hot topic, and you know investing overall. So good thing we have an expert right here to my right. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So so Daquan, hard hard money lenders. That's your official title. Yep. So I'm a I'm a hard money lender. So that's just it's it's a little bit different than than your standard, obviously like banker or something like that like Chase uh, yeah, Bank yeah. Or something we, we, like that. we gonna get to hard money what hard money is <laughs> but all right so pretty much what what'd you do before real estate like before you got into the real estate industry yeah before i got into real estate i was uh, a marine for four years um then i was working at uh at the hospital for like a year or two um but that's that's pretty much it i went from that I was in the military. I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this no more. <laughs> so I was like, I just started, you know, staying up. I started one thing. One thing led to another. So I was trying to fix my credit because I was getting out. I wanted to buy just a regular house. But they was like, oh, you, your credit obviously got to be better. So I started watching mad YouTube videos on how to fix my credit. And then the people that was actually doing the YouTube videos were real estate investors. They was like, how to fix your credit to get a house. And then one thing let you know, I was like, you know what? Oh, okay. I started watching all these real estate videos. And then I was like, you know, I could do this. I could, I, I know how to do this. So when I got out of the Marine Corps, I was like, I want to do something that has to do with like real estate or, or credit or, or, you know, something that's going to, I can use. Even if I had just get in the door, I can hear it and, you know, understand it. So I got into just applying for all type of real estate jobs, like real estate assistants, like at, you know, uh, what those people called, um, like real estate agent firms and stuff like that. And I stumbled across the job I'm at now um, as, a, as an account executive or, so, yeah, pretty much account executive, like a, a secretary. And I got in and one thing led to another. I just started climbing the ladder here. Okay, okay, great, great. And like what really drew you into real estate though like what what was like the main factor that like really drew you into that area yeah it was uh it was probably uh financial freedom um i read like robert kiyosaki during that time when i was getting out yo shout Um, out robert yeah he changed changed my life too (laughs) yep rich dad poor dad and he was talking about real estate and stuff like that and then i just started you know obviously doing that research and stuff and it it's a proven fact that most millionaires and billionaires own real estate. Like mm-hmm. if you that's that's the easiest way to become financial free, you know, tax stuff, all type of like situations on why they do real estate, but the real estate game is the game. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I said, that's a definitely a a hot topic right now cuz everybody knows that as you mentioned is it's probably like the number one way to build wealth. And I feel like everyone is trying to hop into it, but they don't really know what to do or how to actually do it. They feel like they need a lot of money. They feel yeah. like they need like so much experience and they kind of hesitant to take that first step. So, you know, what would you say is like the very, very first step into getting into yeah, real estate? Yeah, I, I tell everyone the easiest way and, and the number one way, obviously, is what's called house hacking. It's when you live in, you buy a two to four unit you live in one unit and you rent out the other. So two, to one for, two to four unit. What does that mean to like the, the yeah. viewers out so, there? So it's just... An, AKA and, me. Yeah. So <laughs> a two to four unit is considered residential. So technically it's condos, one unit, single family homes, and obviously apartments. So like, well, like apartment, like upstairs, downstairs, you know. So two to four. So condos, one, two, three, four, is all considered residential where you can move into the property and it's considered like a regular home. So I tell people, don't buy a single family home because obviously you're going to be in charge of the mortgage. Why well, pay, you know, 150 grand for a single family home when you can buy a hundred and uh, buy a, a fourplex for 150 as well, um, rent out the other units, live in one and pay the exact same. So that way you'll be making income instead of you paying, you know, 700 $800 a month out of your own pocket. Have someone else pay your mortgage and stuff like that. But if I said house hacking is is probably the easiest because you can still qualify for um, an FHA loan, which is probably the the lowest down payment you could possibly get. 
um, for unless you're military where you get zero percent down. But a standard regular day, every person that didn't go military will be FHA, um, and you can get a multi-unit property, and and that way you don't have to pay a mortgage and you live rent free. Sometimes you most likely, if you got you know three, four, you'll be making money living in your own house. Mm-hmm. So like, would you say you you should more gears towards like a what is it? Du- you got two duplex, triplex, and was it quadplex? Quadplex. Yeah, so like, how about like people that are looking to jump in straight into like a fourplex because maybe they want to, you know, live in one part of the the building and mm-hmm. then rent out the other three uh, areas. Would you say like that's a good move or yeah, like if they just go into like a duplex? Nope, I would say the more units the better because obviously the more units, the more money you'll make, and then the higher percent or higher chance is going to be to actually make money and not pay more. Because if you go to a duplex, a duplex, um, sometimes, you know, your mortgage still might not cover your, your payment. Your, your yeah, rent your cover, might yeah. not cover your, your mortgage. Yeah, because, you know, maybe, you know, you got like a, a duplex, but it's on like a two, two bed, one bath type of situation where, you know, that's pretty low. So you might only get like 700, 800 bucks, but your mortgage is like 900 or whatever, depending on the price of the property, obviously. Um, so, so that's why I say the more units you got, so it, it'll equal itself out. So let's just say you bought a duplex for 150, but a fourplex for 150, you know, like I mentioned the, the 700 a month for the duplex for that one unit while you live in the other, your mortgage might be 800. But if you got the same, let's just say two, two bed, one bath and a fourplex, each of them. So that's, you know, 700, 700, 700. So mm-hmm. obviously your mortgage on 800. So obviously you're yeah, making you, more money. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So um, you mentioned that house hacking is probably like the the easiest way to get into real estate. But before you even get into house hacking, like what are some like some things you need to do before you even look to buying a home? Yeah. Like that, what are your like what are your criteria? What are like some checklists that yeah, you want to make sure you some, check some off? Some easy thing is obviously credit is always going to be key, especially with any type of investment that that obviously you're going to put your name behind they're all going to look at your credit score. So obviously, like I mentioned, I had I was looking to get my credit up cuz I couldn't even get a regular house like without house hacking because my credit was too low. So I would say, hey, if you best thing you can do, 650 credit score is obviously always going to be good, but the higher you get after that it is is what really going to change the game because they're going to look at your credit score to determine pretty much like your interest rate. And obviously, the higher your interest rate is, the higher your payments is going to be. So the higher your credit score is, the the lower your interest rate is going to be. So the cheaper your home will be. So what was your, if you don't mind me asking, what was your credit score when you tried to apply it, and they yeah. did not? You got denied. You said right? Oh yeah, they they was like, <laughs> oh no, nah, I went through the VA. So so they was like, yeah, we can't do it, but we got some people that can help you. I didn't end up using them, but I was like, because I, I was disappointed in myself. Like, dang, I couldn't get a house. So I was like. Uh, yeah, send me what you got. But I was like, I figured it out myself. That's when I started watching YouTube. But my credit score was probably like, it, it probably was like, it had to be somewhere close to like 500, 600, like right around there, like probably like 590 or, or low 600 at that. Like it was somewhere mm-hmm. really, really low. So so I was like, man, that that, that sucks. But I, I figured it out, watched all those YouTube videos, learned about secure credit cards and all that stuff. And then within like a year later, you know, I got great credit now. I could get anything I want. <laughs> okay. So um so credit is is key before even buying a home. Yeah. What's something else that you want to make sure that you do before you buy a home? Yeah. Yeah. Your debt service ratio will probably be the the second most important thing, um which means that, you know, your income that you make right now, um most of the time I would say uh, keep your W2. Your W2 it helps a lot if you got a W2 and and your 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 debt pretty low and debt is only covered by what really affects your credit score. It's not going to be like your phone bill or stuff like that. It's more towards like your car payments, student loans, um, credit cards. Uh, if you already have a mortgage or something like that, if you got some defaults, stuff like that, stuff that's really on your credit report, that's how they determine your debt service ratio. So they're going to, when they pull your credit, it's going to say all the stuff that you obviously have to pay that you've been paying monthly. That's, that's going to hit, hit your credit score. So they're going to look at that. Um, and that's pretty much the, the main thing. Okay, so credit and make sure that you're in, you have 
more income than you know debt basically and and it's not you don't you don't actually have to have a lot of income if you got low income let's just say you make just as long as as long as your debt yeah is is low and then Then you're good all right so any any third thing that you can think of that you know you want to do before you buy a home um that there's really not much you, you can do obviously you know find a good realtor stuff like that but when it comes to like the loan side of everything that you wanna that they're gonna be looking for is obviously make sure you got a W two job. I would say that that's gonna save a lot of time, a lot of questions, um, and you got low debt and, and good credit score. That's pretty much it. That's what they look at. What would you say for people that don't have like a, a regular nine to five? Basically, they they earn money through commissions. Like, does the rules kind of change for them? Yeah. So so I got the same scenario where I make both. But they can't use your commission unless you have two years worth to show. So, so obviously, if you get they they want to see like two years. Um, sometimes they might ask for one, but but when it's just commission based and not W two, where they know like, hey, you know, with W two, they know every first and fifteen of the month you're gonna get a check, you know, for fifteen hundred or whatever it is that you make a month. Um, so they, they usually like, it don't matter. We know you're going to get that check when it's commission. You got to show like history, like, okay, they're going to take all your balances for the two years and divide it by pretty much two to determine like your income. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Cause you know, your boy financial advisor, <laughs> you know, I pretty much get paid through commissions. Yeah. I don't really like have a, you know, I get paid this amount on the first, this amount on the fifteenth. Yeah. Uh, but I was definitely good info to know because a lot of I know a lot of people out there they they make commissions, make commissions and yeah. they don't really have a, a you know. Yeah, I tried yeah. to I tried to use it when I bought my home. They was like, yeah, you gotta have a little bit more history because I think I only had probably during that time probably like just about a year. They was like, yeah, we can't use that yet. Next year we can though. Got it, got it. All right, so how about transitioning into being an actual investor, like? If you wanted to invest in real estate, would you say like the rules change for them as well? Like versus all? Oh yeah, it, it's it's definitely it definitely start change changes a lot. Like you you're coming to the table most of the time with more money down, like that typical twenty percent down. Uh, and let, if you go conventional financing, which means like you go to a nationalized bank like Chase Bank, Bank of America, even like your local credit union stuff like that. And obviously, there's other financing like myself, which is like private financing, where we're nationalized where we only lend to investors so you you'll be coming to anywhere between 20 to 10 percent down you know and we ask for different requirements um unlike uh unlike like a nationalized bank where they will ask for like your tax returns and stuff like that to show like that you make your payments and everything like that mm-hmm. okay so that's basically you're talking about hard money lending yeah all right so let's let's talk about hard money lending and one, what is hard money lending? Like, if you could just summarize it in, like, two sentences. Yeah, hard money lending is private financing. That means, you know, it's only geared towards investors. Um, it's pretty much, you know, quicker financing, um, less information needed for financing. Obviously, interest rates going to be a little bit higher, but with less information needed, quicker funding, most people would take it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So why do you feel like hard money lending is, I guess, like something you should do as a real estate investor? Or like, what what's the benefits of yeah, like you you pretty much can't. I wouldn't say can't, but it's a lot harder if you ask, if you go to search up any type of financer or like uh, anyone that's obviously like big like Grant Cardone or someone like big time investors, they're gonna talk about hard money lending because once you get to a point. Banks, your debt, where it comes back to your debt service ratio again, obviously you're, you're going to be making, you're going to have too much debt to what you actually make for a regular bank to do. So let's just say you use the bank like two or three times. Now you got a hundred, let's just say you bought three houses for a hundred grand. That's $300,000 right now. You know, let's say you don't make that much. That's $300,000 $300, of property that you own. So mm-hmm. they're like, I don't know if we want to lend to you where we don't look at that type of stuff, where hard money lenders don't look. At how much you know your debt. We don't care about your debt. We pretty much base it on the deal itself. And obviously, if you got the funds to close, and that means if you can just prove it, like, hey, I need you need twenty grand to close on this house. If you can show in your bank statements or in a bank account, 
or four hundred one k, anything like that, that you got twenty grand to close, you know, we can get it done because we're looking at the asset, not you personally. Because we're mm-hmm. lending, we don't all, and you can't use hard money on your personal name. You have to create like an LLC or incorporation or something like that. Okay, so for, so what would you say for the people that, for the real estate investors that they kind of save up their money, uh, they let's say they take a whole year to save up, you know, twenty thousand dollars, and then they put that twenty thousand to a property, and then they pretty much do the same thing. They save up for another year of uh, twenty thousand, and they put another, you know, twenty thousand for the down payment for the second home. What's would you say like hard money is a way you could do that quicker? Like you could uh, invest in real estate, you know, faster. Oh yeah, definitely. There, you know, hard money. We have what's called like fix and flip loans, bridge loans. Um, obviously, you can do regular purchase as a rental. So you know, as mentioned with the bank, they're gonna need most of the time twenty percent down. Um, unless you use the FHA, which is three point five, but still, you know, they're not. You have to live in a property as the FHA. Um, where we can go all the way down to 10%. If you want to fix the property up, find a distressed property, fix it up. You know, you can get as low as 10%. Some places do 100%. Um, obviously, you got it. We don't do it, so I don't know that much, but a lot of some places do do 100% financing. Um, obviously, a little bit higher interest rates, stuff like that. But, but you know, st- I would say one thing about hard money lending, no upfront fees. Don't ever go to a hard money lender with upfront fees. Cause that's how that's how they they try to get you. Trying to get you. Yeah. So, what are some strategies for? Because I know everybody wants to be a real estate investor. Like I see everybody on the gram. They, you know, they they trying to just invest. Period. But obviously, we're talking about real estate today. Yeah. But um, what are some strategies for like real estate investors? Like I heard of something called the Burr strategy. Like, can you uh explain on what the Burr strategy is? Yeah, it's it's probably the most talked about topic at this point. Um, it's 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 a what's called where you buy. It's B I R R, but I think it's four R's. Buy, renovate, rent, refinance, and repeat. So obviously the first step means obviously buy the property, find a property. Um, but you want to find a distressed property, not a property that's already fixed up. You know, property that's gonna need some you know love and care. You know, some contractors or even just some some minor stuff. It don't have to be anything major. Just something to fix up the property. To, to put some equity in. So buy, for, then it'll be renovate. Yeah, you're fixing up the property. You know, get putting equity into property, like fixing walls, you know, painting, carpet, floor, stuff like that. Um, the next thing will be uh, rent because you want to rent the property out to show that, hey, this property make, making money, um, which, which banks are going to look at and stuff like that. So you want to rent it out before you refinance it because um, they're going to look at the market rents and stuff like that. Then you go to refinance. Um, so that way... All the money that you put into the property, you can take back out plus extra. So, like, let's just say you found a house for a hundred thousand, you put into twenty thousand dollars worth of work, um, you rent it out for like eight hundred. Um, now the house is worth probably like two hundred. So, all in all, hundred thousand, you know, purchase two hundred twenty thousand rehab. You know, you're on one twenty house now worth two hundred. So you're you made pretty much eighty k probably after taxes. Close to like 75, 70, 75,000 uh, quick taxes. Um, so now you made 75,000. Um, and then after you refinance it, you take that next 75, you take that 75,000 that you got and do it all over again. And then each time, you know, you put, put you're not going to have to put all that whole 75,000 in. So you only have to probably put in, you know, let's say you put in 20,000. Then you just take that 20, make another 75. Boom, and then just keep doing it over and over. Take your initial twenty mm-hmm. to get seventy five, and just repeat. You know, seventy five, one, one forty. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, that's yeah. I, honestly, I read about that that um that strategy, and I was like, yo, this this is genius. Because yeah. most people they take so like like I said, they they save up you know twenty thousand over the course of a year, then they they spend it on a property, and then they do the same thing over and over. Like they don't leverage yeah their money. A lot of people. You know, they, they get, I'd say a lot of people when it comes to real estate, they get stuck in that American dream. Single family home, white picket fence, backyard, nice grass, you know, <laughs> being alone for 30 years, you know, forever home. And people buy their forever home first. 
you shouldn't buy it forever first, buy it after. Like that should be your later on after. Obviously, you where you want to be in life. You want so don't buy. You know why buy your forever home, little forever home, where if you actually invested in and buy some regular property stuff like that, do the bird method, house hacking, whatever. You know, do that a few times. Then when you time to buy your forever home, you buy your forever mansion, city of forever. You know. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, so let's let's kind of dissect the birth strategy individually real quick so the buy part so you said buying distressed properties well you know property that needs some work so where would you find like these distressed properties and how can you what are some ways to obtain like these distressed properties yeah um obviously everyone knows all the you literally can find it online um zillow realtor you know hub do all the all those regular stuff that they advertise everywhere but um one thing i would say is just Get, get get in contact with the realtor. Um, realtors obviously they do this every day. They look at houses every day. You find a realtor, um, and what they can do for you is they can get you into what called the MLS. Uh, I can't remember the acronym, what what it stands for, but it's where pretty much anyone that lists a house, they they go through the MLS just so realtors can find houses. You know, give it to their clients X Y Z. Um, they give they have the systems in place where they can send you every time a new house come on the market. Boom, come straight to your email so you can see those. And you'd be like, hey, uh, I just, and they can narrow it down. Like, hey, find me houses, you know, between, you know, anything $100,000 or less. Cause, you know, most of the times, $100,000 or less, they most likely gonna need a little work. Yeah. So, so you tell them, hey, send me all houses $100,000 or less. So every minute a new house come on the market, boom, you, you'll see it. And then obviously that. So that's one way. Another way is, I'm pretty sure a lot of people see it, is where the, it's, what's called, um, it says like, we'll buy your house. So those people are actually wholesalers. So wholesalers find distressed properties, under market value properties, stuff like that, people, vacant properties. And what they do is they get in contact with the person that owns the home and say, hey, I'll, I can get some, I can find someone that wants to buy your house. So what they do is they find a house that's probably worth at right now, probably a hundred thousand, but they get it for like 50, 50,000. They probably put, they probably give it to you for like, 70, they, 70, so they make 20 grand, but still you, you get, you know, you bought 30 grand, yeah, yeah, 30 grand in that in, in value, you can still fix it up, stuff like that, so, so those are some of the easy ways. Okay, so the first one, the first way you said is, is you know, build a relationship with a realtor. All right, I, I could see how that's pr not pretty easy, but pretty simple. How about a wholesaler? Like, where, where do you find a wholesaler? Yeah, it, you know, you can find anything on Google, but I mentioned before, if you see signs on the street that says like, we'll buy your houses, you know, it, you know, those look bright, they'd be everywhere. So if you act, those are pretty much wholesalers. The people that are saying, we'll buy your house, they're not really buying your house. Everyone, you just can't, hey, we'll buy your house. What they're saying is, we'll buy your house, we'll sell your house. That's what it should say. Okay. But so, so if you just end up calling one of those people or texting them, say, hey, I'm an investor, add me to your mailing list. Cause they, wholesalers got mailing lists where they find uh, all the investors, you know, like myself or anyone like that, like, hey, um, if you got any properties, send them over here, you know, because they, they want to be commissioned uh, on their deals. So they're they're taking the properties, putting them out there to their, their little handful of investors, saying, hey, I got this one on the contract, everybody want it. They bid, people will be bid on it, stuff like that, to, to try to get it. But, but that would be the, the easiest way to get it. Because obviously, if you go through like the MLS or Zillow, stuff like that, Everyone can see it. Your grandma can see it. You know, your mom can see it. You can see. I can see it. So that was is always gonna be the com obviously the competitive place. Obviously, you know, you gotta be ready. You gotta be the first one most of the time to get into those those main mainstream ones where they're using realtors. But the off market deals is where the real money is. Okay, so you said real estate or realtor, uh, wholesaling. How about looking at houses through? In auctions, like, oh, well, yeah, is that a good idea? Like, what would you, what are your thoughts on you know buying yeah. houses in auctions? Uh, yeah, it, it, that's pretty much that'd be probably in the middle, um, between like wholesaling and regular. Um, obviously, if you're going up to auction, you're gonna get a deal on it most of the time. It's an auction because someone has got foreclosed on where they haven't paid their taxes or they haven't paid their mortgage, some type of something where they they have to just sell their house, um, to make so the bank can make back their money. Um, so, so obviously, you know, you want to be first at auctions. Most of the times auctions, they need, if you're going to go to auction, you got to be ready to close. Most of the time you're going to need to have cash 
or, or be able to use a hard money lender that can get an appraisal done or some some hard money lenders don't need an appraisal done but obviously the less they need the more expensive is going to be so you know auctions are fine you can make great value in that and kind of a lot of people that buying in auctions mm -hmm. okay so the buy part so we're, we're still in the buy part but like what are some things that you like need to do before like you actually close on a deal like for example like you mentioned appraisals you know uh looking at comps and things like that you know analyzing like a deal can you explain like on um, what you would need to do in order to like analyze like a deal for yourself yeah so so when when it comes time to analyze a deal uh there's like there's a lot of ways obviously you can do it yourself um there's tons of websites and stuff like that or you know it you can use hard money lenders um where they hard money most hard money is going to price out your deal in advance um to make sure it makes sense so they're actually like hey what's the how much you going to purchase the property for how much rehab you think it's going to need how much you think it's going to be worth after what's your credit score stuff like little quick questions like that and they pass it out but your realtor is always going to be a big help because obviously they look at the market every day they know every house that comes on they sold houses they they you know they're they're helping you buy houses so they might show you a house next door the house next door might have sold that your realtor probably sold so she knows what the house is going to be so so use your realtor i would say that's what i do a lot of times use my realtor to determine you know comps give me comps in the area obviously some what some, are comps so that's competitive you know you know similar homes and within like a mile or two radius that that are equal in lot size you know square footage rooms stuff like that similar properties in your area that that sold within the last i think six to, to a year mm -hmm. okay so all right so for an investor that wants to invest in property like i know people out there like they really want like the whole like step by step so you will, the first step is you'll reach out to your to your realtor if you have yeah. a realtor you'll ask them to send you some properties yeah. all right what let's say you look at a property and you like and you see one you like uh what's the second thing that you would do like how would you go about so 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 one thing i would do um even before that i would probably depending on which way you go conventional you use a regular purse like a regular bank um sorry is to get pre-qualified you know make sure when you get pre-qualified by a bank They'll, a nationalized bank, they'll tell you how much you can get. Like, you, you qualify for $150,000, $200,000 property, X, Y, and Z. They'll let you know up front what, how much you can be looking at. So that way, you're not out here looking at, you know, let's just say you qualify for one fifty. You're not wasting your time looking at $200,000. You know exactly what type of properties or how much you can offer on a property. And a bank will say, yep, this your purchase price meets up what we told you. Um, and then... So but that'll be if you're like buying traditional yeah and if you're going hard money you want to know your your p's and q's up front you want to find your pretty much you always want to find your lender first find your lender know their know their requirements you know like if, even if you go the hard money route like through us you want to you want to still call us first like okay what's your requirement because we still got requirements too like minimum 620 credit score you know um that's pretty much like the main thing is it really require like credit um, but you still want to find because some places you go to Harmony Lender, they might say 700. So you want to know, you know, what the requirement is, what their like, what would be considered like their loan to value, how much they're going to lend to you, stuff like that, little stuff. So you always want to find your lender first. So that way, you know what you So when you go out to the market, you know exactly what you're looking at. Um, then obviously you want to find out some way to, to look at properties, to get the properties. Like I mentioned, wholesalers, realtors, looking on Zillow, stuff like that. So when you look, so all right. So once you do all that and you look at a property that you you want, would you schedule a visit to look at the property and you know see like like what would you do like in, in that like would you yeah do you are you supposed to schedule a visit to like look at the property? Or it, like, it's that's that's all up to you. Um, obviously, if you know your market, it's it, it's on you. Like if you know. If you, you know, I spend a lot of time on all these websites and getting all these emails and stuff like that. So I'm pretty good with the Syracuse, my our market, uh, which area in our city and how much houses go for, like on the north side, south side, stuff like that, uh, around my house, stuff like that. So you can always put in, like if you, if you looked at a house and you're like, okay, 
Um, these houses I looked at a couple houses over here, they usually go for like 75 for this square footage, X, Y, and Z. Don't be, you can put in an offer. You can have your realtor or whoever put in an offer in without looking at it. Or if you're a first time investor like my, when I did in the beginning, I was looking at every house. I'm going to every house. I need to know. I need to see. And that's the, that's the way you learn. You, obviously, I would tell every first time investor, go to the house. It, it doesn't hurt, you know? It's not gonna, not, it's only gonna help you. So that way you know what type of finishes stuff it is, how, how the floor is. I went to a couple ones that, that had some floors. Pictures look real nice. But but in the, but the house was, was on level, so so I would never know that it's based off pictures. So so this, I would say you know go go to the houses and look and yeah the more you go the more houses you look at even if you don't want your offer the more you're gonna know you're gonna be like okay that house had this finishes these had these cabinets this was type of floor oh that was like laminate vinyl plank you know this had carpet up here you know and you get an understanding of, of real estate itself is by going out there. All right so. Would you invite a contractor to go? One, one, explain what is a contractor, and would you invite them to go with you to look at these homes that you're interested in? Yeah, um, obviously you, you definitely want to do it, um, especially in the beginning. It you say, hey, um, you know, a contractor is someone that's actually gonna fix the property. You know, they they're handymen, stuff like that. People that actually, you know, you're gonna pretty much like I wouldn't say rent them out, but you know, you're gonna pay them for their services. So, so contractors usually, a contractor can be a bunch of things. So you can have like a contractor for plumbing, contractor for this. You can have a general contractor, which is someone that actually knows a, a lot of, a, a little bit of a lot. So he knows how to do everything. Um, and, and then there's subcontractors where, you know, they do plumbing, stuff like that. So, so obviously in the beginning, don't be afraid to bring your contractor, you know, find contractors. There's contractors, some contractors will do, you know, free, free estimates. Like, hey, um, I'm going out, I scheduled an appointment for, you know, Monday at three o'clock to go look at this house. Are you free that time? Can you come out there and look at me and let me know how much work it is? Mm -hmm. they, they may say, yeah, I'm free. Um, I do free, free, you know, uh, what is it, like uh, free estimates. Uh, or something like, hey, yeah, uh, hundred bucks an hour or something like that or hundred bucks for me to look at the house or whatever it is And it, obviously you build it you know, over time Okay, so for like if you didn't have a contractor Let's say he couldn't or she or he couldn't come over and, and go with you What are some things to look for if you went to look at the house by yourself looking at a distressed property by yourself? Yeah, um, one thing I would say is record um, give that and give that. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. So so when can you're there, you do, take, can you do that record? Yeah, you can record. You can take pictures. You can do whatever you want. It's most of the times all the pictures are online anyway. So obviously you can record and like hey and send all the information to your contractor. Um, but but when, when I go by myself, obviously I'm not. I'm I'm a little to no handy at this point. I just pay people to do all my work. Um, even at my own personal house. So, so what I would say is, obviously, the more you look, the more information you know, over time, you're gonna, you're gonna understand. Like, in the beginning, I really didn't know much. I was, I started just going on, like, uh, downloading, like, what is Home Depot, Lowe's, and just seeing how much stuff costs. Like, it'll tell you, they, you go on those apps, it'll tell you how much laminate vinyl plank is for, you know, per square foot, how much tile is, you know, know your area, stuff like that, and, and watch, like, Fix and flip videos on online uh, on YouTube. That's how I learned a lot about fix and flip. Um, obviously, yeah, I, I do it for a living, so I, I got a little bit more insight than the standard person. But in the beginning, I was watching like uh, fix and flip houses, like all type of stuff. They're they're everywhere, and then then people will tell you like you know what to look for when when starting a fix and flip. And those videos we keep talking about it, but it's YouTube University. <laughs> At this point, it's like God's given green earth. It's like the perfect tool to use. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So, um, so once you you got an estimate on how much the renovations would be, then you would like make your offer and um. No, so you can you you can make your offer whenever. Obviously, you know you want to learn the market. You want to use your realtor up front. Your realtor will know beforehand what's the what houses are going for in that in that in that market so you use her she'll know or he'll know like okay houses um looks they'll pull the comps for you they're like okay here's the last couple houses that sold 
within the last six months in our area and here, here's what it is and obviously you want to do some quick math like okay if i buy for this much house are going for this much when it's done it will will my numbers make sense for for like a quick rehab like if i put twenty thousand in is it, that gonna be too much for my rv stuff like that and you know use your lender they'll tell you hard money wise they'll tell you like all oh, that doesn't make sense but if you got your contractor to go in with you while you're looking at the house he'll be like hey I think this house needs, you know, $20,000, $40,000 worth of work. That's where you want to calculate how much you, you need to purchase the house for to put in your offer for it. Okay, okay, that makes sense. So, let's say you put that offer in, uh, you guys, you close on a deal, now you need to find a tenant. So, like, how, is it hard finding a tenant? Like, it's really, it's really pretty easy. Um, Obviously, it, it's all type of ways to do it. At this point, you know, Craigslist, Zillow rents, you know, Facebook marketplace. It is obviously, it's not as hard as people think uh, to find a tenant. It's, it's hard to find the right tenant. <laughs> that's the real, the real thing is finding someone that's actually going to take care of the property, finding someone that's not going to trash your property, you know, break everything. And then people that's going to pay their, their rent on time every time. That, that's it, you know, there's there's ways to, to go about it. You can, you can obviously do it yourself or you can find a property manager which will do everything for you. They'll be the ones answering those 4 a.m. calls when something going wrong, the toilet flood, they'll go out there and fix it. They'll find the renters, they'll do the background check for, for you. They'll find someone to rent your property for you. Obviously, they take a percentage of the rent, but still you don't have to do all that work, you know, early morning calls, you know, worrying about fixing something, going to the property they take care of all that so you can do it yourself or you can find a property manager okay so once you put a tenant in there you could prove to the bank i right, this house is cash flow like yeah. this is a good asset right here then you would go to the bank to refinance so what's the point of what is the point of refinancing yeah so so you want to refinance your house because most of the time that initial loan you got is a short-term loan um, most of the time it's about a year long with the hard money. Yeah, with hard money. Um, even even some uh, some banks do the same thing. It's like 203B or two something like that where they'll help you. They'll purchase the property, you fix it up, stuff like that. Um, it's, it's still probably long term, but the plan is to refinance. Um, so refinancing is where your house that you bought initially was a hundred thousand. You put in twenty. It's now worth two hundred. So you got you know eighty thousand dollars worth of equity. So you want to take the money that you put in, uh, take the money that you put in plus the equity and pull it out and turn it to cash. Um, so you refinance it to put it into a long-term loan. So that way you can keep the property for you know the 30 years, pay it off, um, the new equity, um, and then rent it out and then you know move on to the next one. So you would use that that refinance cash, whatever, pay off your old debt yep. with the hard money. And then you would have some some leftovers yeah. usually yeah. to buy a new property. Correct. Yeah, exactly. And that's where that final step of, of repeat is, because you'll get back. Let's just say you put in a twenty grand. Um, you'll get back. You know your twenty grand. Let's just say you got back seventy thousand. Twenty twenty grand of that is your money that you put in. So now you're left with you know fifty out of the seventy. So obviously you can pack a fifty, take that twenty back, and repeat it again. Mm. Genius, genius. <laughs> so. How much do banks usually um, loan you? What is it? Loan to loan the value. Loan the value. Yeah. Yeah. So so every bank is different. Um, hard money lender. Some some are close to like eighty percent after fair value or seventy five. Um, so so what oh, that so means? You can actually refinance with your same hard money lender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can literally do it from start to finish. Um, some some hard money lenders only do ones. Some like I, myself, they, we do both. You know, fix and flip the bridge loan and the hard money and the refinance all in one. Or you can go. Obviously, we're always going to be hard money lenders are pretty much always going to be percent wise. Like your interest rate is going to be probably a percent higher than a nationalized bank, but our requirements are a lot less. We can close faster, stuff like that. Um, where if we, we talked about like they're going to be looking at like a nationalized bank is going to look like your debt service ratio, you know, your tax returns, all that extra stuff, a lot of documents. Um, where we're just going to look at the asset itself. Obviously, when you use a hard money lender that can do a refi, you'll know in advance if what the, what your terms are because we're looking at the asset, not you.
Okay, okay. So yeah, now you guys are getting a lot of gems right now, man. I hope y'all soaking in all this yeah. knowledge right here, cause we we trying to make millions out here. We That's trying a to, fact. We're trying to make some millionaires out here. So, all right. So you pretty much repeated the process. Now you can also flip. So would you say which one is? I mean, I know there's not not a better way yeah. to flip and versus rent, but do you think there's a scenario where one would make sense? Over the other? Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, um, so when you fix and flip, obviously, you don't want to, uh, how do I say it? So when you're doing, let's just say you take a fix and flip, sometimes, you know, your property might not cash flow. You don't want to take that that property. It's hard. You don't want to take a property that doesn't cash flow. You can just sell it. Obviously, you're always going to make, if you can make money from selling it, but, you know, let's just say, you found, which most of the time, some markets are different than ours, obviously. So let's just say you found a, I'll keep doing simple math, $100,000 property, put in $20,000 worth of work, worth two hundred. You know, that's that 80 grand separation. Mm -hmm. But let's just say after you, when you refinance your house um, and you come to realize that your mortgage is 800 a month, but you're, it's a single family home, and but the rent's only 700 you're not gonna you're gonna be losing a hundred dollars a month, so you might as well just flip your house instead and, okay. and sell it. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that that definitely makes sense. So once you when you flip a property, you're getting all this cash. Now, I know you're not a tax accountant, yeah. but like, what like do you do you got pay taxes on like that on those gains? I want to say you do because it's short term, short term gains. So you should pay tax. Obviously, I'm not a tax tax guy. You, but I believe you do pay taxes. Yeah. Okay, got it, got it, got it. All the right, government, the government gonna get his. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, they definitely are. Yeah. Nah. Okay. So we got your flipping your your rent versus flip. Um, any other like strategies you could think of, like that, in terms of like getting into the real estate game? We talked about. House hacking, the bird strategy. Yeah, um, we didn't talk much about wholesaling. Um, so as you see, we did the breakdown of wholesaling. But anyone can be a wholesaler if you if you know. Let's just say you we all you know inner city people. So you know we see abandoned houses every day. Um, and we might even live next to some some rundown house, and you see that that landlord going, and you just stop him like, hey sir, I, I, I can would you mind? I know someone that would like to buy your house. You might not know no one. But if you take that, like, hey, I got a house for sale for X, Y, and Z, you can become a wholesaler just like that. It's, it's probably the easiest way to get into real estate. Obviously, I don't know much about wholesaling because I never did it officially, but it's the easiest way to get in with zero dollars. So you don't need no money to be a wholesaler. You just need to know someone that's willing to sell the property, knock on some doors, do some cold calling, stuff like that. So Yeah, all the nitty nitty gritty stuff yeah, that people yeah. don't want to do. Yeah, all the hard work. But still you, you go in with zero dollars and and you come out with twenty bands, fifty, seventy, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alright, so um cause I see a lot of abandoned properties, even on my own block, like mm -hmm. I, there's like a good three, four uh, abandoned properties. Now like how would you let's let's you know, give me some advice. Like, like if I see those abandoned properties. What should I do? Like, um, so so every so I can't remember what it's called, but every every house has you can find the owner of the house. I can't remember the website. Um, tax stuff. You know, it, you can find who owns the home. If someone owns the home, obviously it goes to like tax records stuff like that. So you can find out who it is. They have their number on there, and you literally just call them. I can probably right. get that information, but I can't remember off the top of my head. You said it's a website. Yeah, yeah, it's like tax record. So, so, so. Ah, uh, yeah. So, so you probably want to look at uh, what's called like your your local assessor's office. Um, they they keep like all the records of like properties and who owns them, stuff like that. So, so that's where you want to look into. You said local assessors. Yeah, as local uh, assessor's office. Um, they pre pretty every much city has like a local yeah, office. All right. all right, so. Cause I've heard that like most of the time, like the city owns the the house. Yeah, sometimes obviously if they're really abandoned, like and no, they haven't paid their taxes. Uh, like the person that owned it just disappeared one day and just never paid anything. That that over a certain period of time, if they can't find the guy or just try to sue him, whatever. The city would then take over the home. Um, so then you can literally buy the properties from the city. 
Oh, you can contact. How will, how would that process go? Like, if the city owned the home, like, what would you do there? Yeah, if the city owned a home, you just probably want to contact. You know, I can't. I don't know that one off. I never bought property from from the city. Um, but you know, I'm pretty sure you just quick Google search how to buy property f from your your city, and it'll literally say how to buy a property from you know California or let's say Las Vegas. Um, city owned property in Las Vegas. It'll take you to whatever Las Vegas government website they got that shows like all the property and stuff like that. How much they're worth? It, they have like their own Zillow, pretty much. All right. Speaking of other states and, and things, what do you say about? How do you feel about out of state real estate investing? Yeah, I, I don't think it's no different. Um, especially um, I, I know a bunch of people that do out of state, you know, investments. It all depends on. What you're, what you're willing to do, how you're willing to travel, uh, or are you willing to just buy the property, find a property manager in that area to take care of the property, you know, because if you find a property manager, as long as you find a good one, you know, they, they can keep keep up with your property. You don't, you don't really don't have to go out there. Obviously, if you're still getting that check on the first, you know, no one's good. Obviously, you can go out there a few times if you want, but if you find a good property manager, that actually is doing their job, staying on there, making sure your house stays updated, make sure it's clean after it's being rented, you know, something breaks, they're fixing it on time, stuff like that. But if you do out of state, you know, most people that do, you know, you don't obviously want to be in New York and, and have a property in California and then something break. You don't want to have to be like, all right, I'm on the next flight out there, you know, every time. So obviously just finding a good property manager out, out whatever area, whatever city, whatever town, um, and that that's gonna be willing that that you find that's good that can take care of it. All right. So, what would you say is like, like what is the market looking like right now for like real estate investing? Like, what what is your personal opinion? Because I, I hear a lot of things. Oh, the market is terrible. Uh, prices are so high. Yeah. Uh, boom and boom. For like yeah. Obviously, you know, we, we went through COVID. So so obviously I I was blessed because you know I bought a property during COVID. Um, but with COVID, the interest rates are so low that people can afford houses two times, three times what they what they usually could. Um, so every house is being sold for more than what it's listed at because I can pay, you know, I can get a house for two percent, three percent, whatever, which at at you know, let's just say two hundred thousand. But at four percent, I can only get a house at like a hundred thousand. Obviously, you do this quick, quick math. It's about the same price, or whatever. I'm pretty sure it's probably more or less. But, but so with that, everyone is buying houses because it's so your mortgage payment is gonna be so cheap. So it's like every house is like no matter if people are spending two, to, you know, probably like say a house is worth a hundred. Some people buying it for like 20, 30 grand, forty grand over asking price. Because, you know, with low interest rates, I mean, still low, low payments. So it still works out, especially for investors. It don't matter what you can pay for as long as those numbers make sense. With the interest rate you can get, then the houses are going off the market quick. So when you go out there and put in offers at the moment, people, you're, you're bidding, like I'm bidding against like five, six, seven dip people. Some people got cash, so they're, you know, cash will always win over anything because with cash you can close literally within a couple yeah. days. Yeah, so so there's people out there just bidding. I, I put my offer in from put my offer in, oh, listed for ninety. I'm putting offer for hundred. Some dude with cash, one twenty five. Like so, it's like everyone at this point, houses are going for, for like you know twenty about mental forty grand over, and it's not that many houses being for sale because they're not really lasting on the market. So the inventory is pretty low. Mm, all right, so. Oh. Last question before we wrap up, you know, this episode. Now, they, like, what would you say is your, why do you love real estate investing? Like, if you could sum it up on, like, why do you love real estate investing? Why do you feel like that's the best asset class out there? Yeah, um, I would say, me, this is all personally me. There's nothing to do with, obviously, anything. Like, your opinion, anybody else's opinion. Um, obviously, I, I'm doing it for financial freedom. Probably number one. Well, I wouldn't say number one. So, so my number one be obviously generational wealth. I got two sons, so I know that you know what's called you know over time I'm, I'm gonna pass. Um, and if, even though I pass, I can leave my my kids cash flowing properties that's gonna keep paying them. Um, you know, every every month and even over time, those houses will actually be I'll pay off the mortgage. So when but if I pass and I get my sons 
houses that's worth two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars paid off. If they come time where you know when they get older, they they can take it, refinance it, pull out all that free cash, and obviously start off with you know millions of dollars. Not only do they start off with millions of bucks, they start off with a steady income. You know, hopefully I can get it to like ten grand, ten grand, ten grand a month, five five. So every month they they're gonna get five grand each. So that's generation. So generational wealth, obviously number one for me, and financial freedom for myself. So that way I can make money from the properties. Take like let's say I get to that ten grand a month in a bunch of properties, then I, I don't have to work no more. I can go be be on a beach somewhere. I have all these other tenants paying all my bills, living on the beach, you know, and, and I, I'll be financially free. Don't have to worry about it. As, you know, fix up the properties if need be or just get property managers. Don't even have to really do anything, you know, make money while I'm sleeping, you know. So, so, that's, so that's probably my main two. That's why I love real estate. Obviously, I love the game. Um, I, I, this is all I do every day, all day, even job personally. So this is all I watch. Um, and, and there's obviously the mentioned generational wealth. I got kids, probably soon you're gonna have kids, you know, so you wanna, if you, the earlier you start, the more you can leave back and, and be ahead of the game and financial freedom, you know, definitely that's, that's to be, everyone's goal in life is to be financially free, where you don't have to wake up every day at 7 a.m., 9 a.m., 9 to 5, putting that time. You can, you know, do whatever you wanna do, go wherever you wanna go, and don't have to worry, no worries. Yeah, exactly. But the grind starts now. Yeah, you, you know, take action now. Soak in all this, all this knowledge. You know, stop being so fearful about trying to like get everything right, uh, and just take that step. Like you know, exactly. just do it. Like Nike, yeah. like for real. Like you're not gonna, you're not gonna know what to do. You're never not gonna like know what to do. Like exactly. Pretty much, you just gotta you know take that step, and then you'll figure it out. You know, along the way. Yeah, that's 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 pretty much the key. Cause I had what's called a for a while. I had analysis paralysis where I just kept looking at deals for mad long. Like, well, that's nice. I I probably do something with that. Don't put in no offers, no nothing. Just like, I got all this money saved. Like, I don't I don't I don't know what if I fail or whatever. But you know, every like like you know, don't you do the L don't stand for a loss, stand for a lesson. So just use that, you know, as a lesson for the next time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. I hope y'all enjoyed this this episode uh, on real estate investing. We're definitely gonna have some some more topics uh, coming soon. Uh, have more guest speakers, but definitely, you know, give us a, a rate on you know wherever you listen yeah, to podcasts. Okay. Leave a comment. Leave a review. Uh, you know, if you're watching us on YouTube, like the video, leave a comment. If you're watching us on Instagram, you know, definitely like, share, comment. Yeah, hit, hit that share. Share, share, share. That, that's the key. Yeah, we want to spread like wildfire, man. We're trying to get this information to the masses and, you know, our community. So, you know the vibes, man. Don't know. That's a fact. Flipping Finance, episode six. We are out. <laughs>